Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre, and we're once again recording at Nutmeg with our engineer, Frank Verderosa. Our guest this week is an actor, comedy writer, and sketch comedian, and a fixture on television in the 1970s and 80s, appearing in movies, popular TV commercials, and variety shows, including The Midnight Special, The Mike Douglas Show, The Red Fox Show, The David Steinberg Show, Hollywood Squares, The Steve Allen Comedy Hour, and The Tonight Show, with Johnny Carson. In more recent years, you've seen him in hit shows like Mad About You, Blossom, Designing Women, Murphy Brown, Home Improvement, Seinfeld, and Curb Your Enthusiasm. He began as a member of the famed comedy group The Ace Trucking Company and would go on to work with dozens of Hollywood notables over his career, including Richard Pryor, Red Fox, Bobby Darren, Flip Wilson, Cher, the Smothers Brothers, Steve Allen, and Margaret, Martin Short, Larry David, and yes, Pat McCormick. Please welcome a funny performer, a guy whose name has come up on this podcast at least a dozen times, and the man behind one of the most memorable and off-quoted characters in pop culture history. But um, I'm not really sure what I should call you. That's the problem I'm having. Uh, Should I call you Mr. Johnson? Oh, you doesn't have to call me Johnson. My name is Raymond J. Johnson, Jr. Now, you can call me Ray, or you can call me Jay, or you can call me Johnny, or you can call me Sonny, or you can call me Jenny, or you can call me Ray J, or you can call me RJ, or you can call me RJJ, Jr. But you doesn't have to call me Johnson. <laughs> My life is complete. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Okay. But as he's better known to his friends and family, Billy Saluka. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Bill. Thank you, guys. Hi. Now, now, Billy, how, how did you come up with that character? Oh, wow. It was, it was in the Ace Trucking Company, and we were just doing improvs at the uh, Bitter End Cafe in the village. And uh, we were doing Man on the Street, you know, which is a typical uh, uh, improvisational uh, kind of thing. And I just needed characters, and I came up, and I just, I just said, hello. Uh, I think it was Fred Willard. And uh, he said, uh, well, Mr. Johnson, and I said, oh, he doesn't have to call me Johnson. You call my Raymond J. And then each night I kept adding and, and subtract. Oh, you know, Raymond and Raymond J, Ray J, you know, it just, it just, it just worked out. The whole thing was, was not any inspiration. It was out of desperation. 
that it that came out that way. So, and uh, I bought a house from it. <laughs> yes, it is amazing <laughs> to me with that one character that's like about I don't know five lines long, yes. or whatever, <laughs> and you were on every single every variety time. show. That's right. Talk shows, commercials. Everywhere. Yeah. You had a, a, an album out. Of, and uh, to, to quote uh, James Welch at the uh, trial of Senator Joe McCarthy, <laughs> have <laughs> you so no wrong. decency, sir? <laughs> Joseph and Welch. Says I, I don't. Joseph Welch. <laughs> yeah, have don't you have at any. last no decency, <laughs> sir? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the, the best the best thing about it was is that uh, being a celebrity of that sort, nobody knew who I was, so nobody bothered me because they didn't know they didn't know me. I would sit in restaurants and hear the people behind me in the booth talking about me, and I was right there. How bizarre! But they they didn't know who I was, which is great. And and you had on like. A zoot suit. A zo- yeah, and the pork pie hat. How did the outfit come together, Bill? I don't know. I, I really don't know. It just I just happened. Let's see. How did it happen? We were doing the Tonight Show, and uh, I just went back to wardrobe and picked out, and I said, I need a hat and a cigar, and away we go. I love it. And, and another thing, and I'm sure other people have asked you this, <laughs> Was Ray J sounded a little um, like a black person? Oh, voice. yeah. Actually, he was in my mind. And I, and I used to get very nervous if there were black people in the audience, you know. But it turned out they were my biggest fans. And I stopped being embarrassed about it because one night I was at the Cafe of Gogo in the village. And a guy came up to me and he said, hey, man. You're going to do that Swedish guy tonight? <laughs> so I thought, you know, whatever you think he is, he's, that's who he is. So so he was a black guy. He was to me. Yes. Well, his, his roots were in the—we talked on the phone about this, Bill, a little bit of the kingfish from Amos and Andy. Oh, yeah, and, yeah absolutely. Absolutely, you know, yeah. yeah. A little absolutely. bit of that style. Right. That's right. And tell Gil the, the Mike Douglas story, too, because that's—, that's uh, Relevant. Oh well, yeah, we did the. We were doing the Mike Douglas show with uh, John and Yoko, and on the show was Bobby Seale and about four Black Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was doing this character in a sketch, you know. And Mike was he was shitting. He didn't know what to do. <laughs> uh, so we said, "Now let's just just do it." So I did it full out and. Looked over in the wings, and they're all laughing. They're laughing like crazy, so it didn't matter at all. So the Ray J character entertained the Black Panthers. Yes, yes. (laughs) Why not? They have a sense of humor. Yeah. (laughs) They loved him. They loved that character. I I think it probably reminded them of their uncle or somebody. (laughs) And, And now I think you started out in radio. No, no, I did a lot of radio, but I started out, I'm from Youngstown, Ohio, and I started out at the Youngstown Playhouse, and I was there for about seven years. I did a lot of musicals and a lot of plays, and that was my beginning and, and my learning, and people used to say, oh, you know, you should go to New York, go to New York, man, you tell, go to New York. So I said, all right, so I went to New York, 
and I starved. I couldn't get in. <laughs> Nothing. So I ended up as the, I, I worked in market research for a while. Then I got a job as the doorman at the Bitter End Cafe. And through that, I met everybody. And then I met the guys in the trucking company, and we formed the group, and that was it. The legendary Bitter End. Yeah. And I, I, I went to the Bitter End a bunch of times in my early did, days. Did you ever work there? Uh, yeah, I never was, like, booked there, but I would go up on stage uh, yeah, when yeah, they'd have yeah. their open mic. Right. Wasn't that the one of the first man. clubs you went to with uh, Arlene? Yeah. Well, I, that's the weird thing. I thought it was the first, and then Arlene told me it wasn't. Interesting. So, but it was definitely, I used to go there a lot and go on stage. Yeah. And so what made you, well, like, what was your childhood? My childhood was, uh, was uh, I don't know, what do you mean, what is my childhood? <laughs> I, was, I was a little kid. Well, I mean, <laughs> what, like, led you? Into show business. Were you a comedy fan as a kid? No, I was always a comedy fan. I always liked it. But what happened was I, I went into, I was in the Navy for two years and I got out of the Navy and I was sitting in a bar with some people, some guys, and they said, oh, you know what? We're going to go to the Playhouse and try out for a show. And I said, oh, that sounds interesting. I'll go with you. And uh, we went to the theater, and the, and the front door was locked. There was nobody there. So we went around to the stage entrance, and that was locked. So we broke the door down, <laughs> and I, I literally broke in the show business that way. And in Youngstown. So we, in Youngstown. We ended up on the stage, and the, guy, and the guy came in, and he said, how did you get in here? What are you doing in here? So anyway, we went in the back with the director and we read through the script and the two guys I with were, you know, we just, we giggled through the whole thing. We just laughed. We couldn't, we couldn't do it. We laughed and laughed. And finally I thought, no, I'll never get this. And he called me and I got that show, which was uh, Inherit the Wind. Wow. Yeah. Then it went on <laughs> from there. So Billy Saluga's show business <laughs> debut was Inherit the Wind. Inherit the Wind. That's right. I love and then it. I did a lot of musicals. I did... I did Oklahoma, Finian's Rainbow, Guys and Dolls, uh, Bells Are Ringing, uh, a lot of... Just know. suddenly you're an actor. Just because, suddenly I'm yeah. an actor, yeah. yeah. And, and so, you were there for seven years? I was at that theater for seven years, yeah. You know who's from Youngstown, Ohio, by the way? Joe Flynn. Oh, my God. That's right. Joe Flynn, that's right. Joe Flynn yeah. was at the, from Youngstown, and he started the Playhouse, and, he, and I worked at uh, WKBN... Uh, which is a radio and TV station there, and so did he. And then I, I ran into him on The Tonight Show one night. He was, we were doing The Tonight Show together. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. This yeah. is Joe Flynn from McHale's Navy. Captain McHale's Navy. And right. more importantly, Joe Flynn from The Indestructible Man with Lon Chaney Jr. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. Is that right? The look on Bill's that. face. I think the <laughs> Warner Brothers were also from Youngstown. They were. Jack Warner. They were. And, and, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And they have a beautiful theater there that they dedicated to themselves. So yeah. you you finally, after people are telling you you got to go to New York, you went there and uh, barely Couldn't fed get anything. yourself. Couldn't get anything. Nothing. Nothing. You, were, you were auditioning when you got there. I was, I was auditioning. Yeah, I, 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 I worked at the Kenley Players which was a summer theater uh, in uh, Youngstown and Columbus. And he used to bring in all the stars, you know. And uh, I did a couple shows there. Then I went to New York, and somebody uh, told me to go to uh, 
to the equity because I got an equity card from doing that sh- those shows. Mm-hmm. And I went up there and they were always on the board, you know, jobs to take. And I ended up doing a lot of uh, market research jobs. And then that ended and I, my roommate was saying to me, you know, he was going with this girl who was the secretary to Fred Weintraub who owned the Bitter Inn. And uh, he, she said, you know, there's a job that pays $10 a night at the, at the doors. The $10 door. a night. <laughs> I said, I... I said, I, you know, that's like a bouncer's job. I can't, I can't do that. And so a week went by, and I said, I'll do it. And so I went and and uh, worked out fine. Who who was at the bitter end in those days? Who was who was coming in and out of that place? Oh, everybody. It was like, well, uh, let's see, who was there? Uh, well, it's they were famous for Peter Paul and Mary uh-huh. and Woody Woody Allen and Bill Cosby. Those were the three that were, they were famous wow. for. And then every folk act you can think of came through there. Everybody. Oh, the Kingston down, Trio to, and all of those people. And, all of them. Yeah. All of them. Even Nina Simone. Wow. Would work now, there. is it true that Bob Dylan wrote a song with your character in it? He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. Do you have any knowledge of how or why, Bill? I have none. I, as a matter of fact, my friend Bill here called me and told me about it. I didn't even know about it, and then uh, I heard it. Could Could so, you tell us the line? From the, the, the line that he yeah. did. The, I don't know. Yeah. It was a, the it, song it was is a called song. "You Got to Serve Somebody." I you think you got to serve somebody. Yeah, he went through. You can call me Zimmy, or you can call me whatever. You can call me. He, <laughs> he, 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 even, he even said Ray in it. You can call me Ray. Your life comes full circle in a way there, Bill, because you're, you're, you're working the bitter end and all the folkies are coming through. And yes. 40 years later, Dylan puts you in a song lyric. That's right. That's I mean, right. that that's an honor to be in a Bob Dylan song. Oh, I know. I know. It's amazing. Well, you're, he's our, you're our first guest out of 180 who's been referenced in a Bob Dylan song. <laughs> How did you get yourself to L.A. and wind up rooming with our former guest, John uh, Biner? Well, what happened was uh, I uh, I was doing these improv classes, and everybody was in it. Richie Pryor, Rodney Dangerfield, there was, everybody was in it. We're doing a, every once a week we'd get together and, and do this improv class. And uh, a friend of mine, uh, Richard Reichick, was trying to get a manager. And the manager that he that he wanted to get was managing John and Thelonious Monk and Mose Allison. Those wow. were his three people. <laughs> so, John Biner and Thelonious <laughs> Monk. <laughs> so he came, the guy came to see us at this class, and he didn't really care for my friend, but he wanted to handle me. And at that time, uh, John had just gotten a, a, a big part in a, a Jerry Van Dyke show. 
So he was coming out to the West Coast, and they said, you know, I, I can't do anything for you if you're back there and I'm out here. So I picked up and moved out there and then didn't get anything. And then a friend of mine, Bernie Kukoff, was, uh, was uh, uh, producing a Steve Allen show. So he hired me as one of the talent coordinators. And, that, you know, that was great for about a year. And then all of a sudden, the guys in New York called me that they were forming this ace trucking company and would I come and join them? And what their line was, they got me, they said, come on, you gotta, you're our Ringo. <laughs> so you're doing a lot of back and forth, Bill. You, nothing's happening in New York, but you get, a, you get interest from a manager. You, he right. says, I can only handle you in L.A. You go to L.A., nothing's happening and, for you in L.A. And, you wind up working for Steve Allen exactly. behind the scenes. Exactly. And what was that yeah. like? You like Steve? I loved Steve. Yeah, he was great. He used, to, <laughs> he used to say that my name sounded like a horn. Saluga, saluga. <laughs> what did you do for him? I was one of the talent coordinators. Uh-huh. I used to hide. I, I, I was a talent coordinator, but that wasn't my title. I was a specialty, uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, like a, talent a booker? I was a specialty coordinator, a booker, yeah. Uh-huh. And what I had to do was I had to find all the funny people around town and all the kooks. And we actually put an ad in the paper, all kooks and weirdos call Bill Saluga at the (laughs) Steve Allen show. (laughs) So we didn't didn't get any calls. And somebody said, you know, kooks and weirdos don't think they're kooks and weirdos. So they're not going to call. So we took it out, and then all of a sudden, all of these strange people, Gypsy Boots and people, I don't know if you remember Gypsy Boots, uh, people like that. Who was Gypsy Boots? <laughs> oh, Gypsy Boots was a, like a nature boy. He, he was very well known in Hollywood. He, he you just remember wore, Gypsy Boots? No. no. <laughs> Gypsy Boots had long hair. <laughs> I know he, wavy and, gravy. And he wore like a Tarzan, you know, like a, what you, uh, whatever you call that, like a Tarzan outfit. Like a loincloth? Exactly, and he'd go he'd go around town, and he he'd hand out the fruit and stuff, and he was very well known there. And then another guy that they put on was, uh, uh, what was his name? Captain, oh, I can't remember. I'll, I'll remember later. Another guy, uh, oh, uh, General Hershey Bar was his name. General Hershey Bar. <laughs> and what was General Hershey? General Hershey Bar was just crazy. He was he dressed in full uniform, and on his head he had two like jet jet planes. <laughs> Why was Steve Allen booking these odd characters? Well, on the because show? if you if you remember his old show in New York, sure, you know he went out on the street and he and any crazy person. Oh, he, he was on street stuff. So it was that kind of thing? So uh, we got a lot of mileage out of that. I mean, I booked every crazy person in Hollywood. <laughs> Okay. Did, no, did was... you ever have any trouble? Were any of them ever violent or stoned out of their heads? Or no, 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 there wasn't. There was another guy. I can't remember his name, but he was into Sanskrit, and he always had a prayer wheel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then you, you're working for Steve Allen. We're piecing this yeah. together, and you get yeah. the you get the call. Come back to New York. Be our Ringo in the Ace Trucking Company. Right with pa- right. with Patty Deutsch, who we lost this year. Yeah, great yeah, Patty right. Deutsch and Fred Willard, of course. And there's Mike. 
Oh, Mike. Right. Yeah, that's the one. Michael Mislove. Yeah, Michael Mislove. And, and right. George Memoli was right. the heavy set. Right. Yeah, funny, another funny guy. Memoli uh, was in uh, Phantom of the Paradise. He is. He's in Mean Streets. Right. Yeah, and yeah. then, yeah, Mean yeah. Streets. He, was, he, right. he would pop up in a lot of movies. He was in Rocky, too. He was in Rocky. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, he opens up the skating rink. The uh, ice skating rink. The, right, for them. Yeah. D- passed yeah. away young, George. Yeah, Sad. in his early 40s. 46, but I he, wow. he, uh, he just indulged totally, you know. He was 556 pounds when he died. Ooh. Oh, my God. Yeah, so you can imagine. Oh. But he was a sweet, sweet, wonderful guy. Funny guy, versatile in a lot yes. of stuff. While Gilbert tries to remember who our guest is. And what's your name? <laughs> A few words from our sponsor. <laughs> it's Gaylord Frank, a lost obsession. It's Gaylord Frank, hypnotic possessions. It's Gaylord Frank, your deepest confessions to Gaylord Frank. They now control you, so give up. Gilbert and Frank's Amazing Colossal Obsessions, every Thursday, only on Stitcher Premium. Gilbert and Frank, what's your game now? Can anybody play? And now, sadly, we return to Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. Let, let's yeah, talk he... about the trucking company forming. So you go okay. back. you go back to New York, and now what? Well, I go, went back to New York, and they had already been formed, and they had already done one Tonight Show, and without me. Oh, wait a minute! This, tonight- this is where I stop. I got to stop you. Did, did yeah. you take over for for uh, for Bobby Alto? Bobby Alto, right? Wow! How about that? Yeah. Wow! We knew Aunt Bobby Alto and Mantia. Yeah. Oh, at, really? At Catch a Rising Star. I mean, I I would see them every night and talk to them. Yeah, it was Bobby Alto and Buddy Mantia. The Untouchables. And, and, oh, see, um, and Marvin Braverman. Yeah, they were a oh, comedy Marv- trio. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I see, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, what, what happened was that uh, I went back and I, I saw the act with Bobby in it, and, and they wanted to replace him with me. And I, bef- I, while I'm in California, I said, look, okay, I'll do it. But if I come back, you got to tell Bobby before I get there because he's a friend of mine, you know? And we get back there, and they didn't tell him. So he hated me ever since that because I, you know, he thought I, you know, took the job away from which I had I didn't do. So that was terrible. But anyway, it went from there. So the two yeah. of you didn't speak after that. Oh uh, no, I try. You know, I tried to apologize to him. I said, Bobby, I, I really, I, I had no idea that they, they that they were not going to tell you, and he, uh, you know, they all with you. Wow. It was sad because I really liked Bob. Yeah, misunderstanding. Yeah. So, so tell us about the, the the trucking company. I mean, you guys wound up doing what forty, fifty Carson shows. Yeah, a lot yeah, of we them. We did that. a lot of them. And but and you also my, played colleges. You 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 played hotels. We played all the major rooms in the country and every toilet in the country. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you come up with the name? Well, that was. Uh, we went when they went. I wasn't there in the first show. They went on the Tonight Show, and they didn't know what to call us. And uh, they were throwing names around. And George 
Memily did a character in the, in the show called uh, uh, what was his name? Tony Colucci. Oh yeah. Tony Catucci, and he worked for the Ace Trucking, Trucking Company. So that was the name stuck. And it stuck. What's it funny? Stuck. Willard describes the group as like a human cartoon, which I find interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. It, well, it kind of was. There was know? a short guy. There was a fat short, guy. There was a... Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There was a ditzy redhead. And in the beginning, we had two girls. We had Patty and uh, and um, Marilyn... Marilyn... Marilyn Sokol. Oh, Marilyn Sokol. Oh. We know her. Marilyn Sokol. Yeah, sure. she, was, uh, she was in the first group. And we were doing the Ed Sullivan show, and she was in a little show at the at the Lincoln Center in one of the little theaters, and the director wouldn't let her off the show to do the, the Ed Sullivan show. So <laughs> she just didn't show up, and Michael was with a, a date, and we taught her the lines, and she went on the Ed Sullivan show with us. Did you guys come on Sullivan and pretend you were a tumbling act? Yes, exactly. <laughs> what? what, what? <laughs> My Bill's laughing in the background. <laughs> so, yeah, how did, yeah, well, how did that just, happen? It was crazy. It was, you know, we'd all come out and go, well, hey, you know, and throw our arms around. Well, hey. And then at the end, we start to form a, a uh, what do you call it? You know, you stand on each other's shoulders. Like a human pyramid? Exactly. We did that. And then George... George, the heavy guy, comes out last and barrels into us, and we all fall down. That was it. Now, I I heard that you didn't do that well on Sullivan. I don't think so, no. No. Did did Ed get the act? No, he didn't know. He said, now now for the kiddies. Now for the kiddies. He He didn't know what the hell was going on. Tell us about some of the sketches. I was doing some fun research. Well, well, the, I saw the College of Comedy Knowledge, which I loved. Oh, right. God. And Danny's Hideaway, I guess, Danny's, was the, the big Danny's, sketch. No, it was Danny's on the Highway. Da- Danny's, 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 on the highway. Oh, Danny's on the Highway. Right. And I came in for a hamburger, and they said, no, well, you, you, don't have, you need a jacket to come in here. It was a dive. It was a diner dive. <laughs> so they, they put a jacket on me, and they give me a seat, and they ask, what kind of wine do you like? I said, no, I only want a hamburger. Well, do you want wine? And then it all went, and they said, now, ladies and gentlemen, please sit still for the show. And then the three guys came out, and they started saying, hello, hello, hello. And they did a dance, a song it's very and a dance. Funny. There's a, there's a clip really, on funny. YouTube for our listeners uh, to, to check out you guys doing that sketch on The Carson Show. And it's, oh, great. it's amazing that it's like a nine-minute sketch on the Johnny think, Carson show. I think it was 12 minutes. You know, I think it was 12 minutes. 12 minutes. I mean, in the, been, in the days that you could do that. They they loved us there. We didn't have to even – we didn't have to wait to, uh, to book us. They said to us, "You got if you work on – you got something, just call us and we'll put you on. So that's how we got on every time. We'd, we'd write a sketch. Then we'd go on the Mike Douglas show because his show came on two weeks after the Tonight Show, and we'd work it out there on his show, and then we'd come the next night and do it on the Tonight Show, which was live. And we did that all the time. It sounds like fun times. I mean, Willard, there's a couple of interviews with Fred Willard online. He's talking about you guys playing hotels in Miami and doing shows at 1 in the morning and then driving to another place and doing a show in the middle of the night. Yeah. Right. Four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> who's who's going to see a sketch comedy group? That's right. We were on the road all the time. I was I was trying to think of what what uh, things we did. There was one that that was really crazy. We did a 
a place in Knoxville, Tennessee. And it was like theater in the round, right? So there's a round stage and, and the, the audience sat all around. But on the stage was the band set up with the drums and, you know, so you couldn't see behind us. And the revolving stage wasn't a revolving stage. It was a revolving audience. So the audience, <laughs> the audience moved, and the people that saw the beginning of the sketch never saw the end. And the people that saw the they end the didn't see the beginning. <laughs> That's absurd. <laughs> we said, guys, this, this isn't going to work. What was the airplane sketch? Was that the one where George is screaming, I'm going to die? Oh, wow. was that a, there was an airplane sketch about a guy who was afraid of flying. Bill, behind is you, is nodding his head. <laughs> or, uh, he, there was a biker he, skit. Does that mean? Does that? Does that we did a lot of bikers. Biker stuff, skits. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we did a lot of bikers. And something where George dressed in black as an Italian widow. Do I have that right? Oh, that was the reading of the will. It was called. It was. A, <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, George was playing a widow, and her husband died. <laughs> And they were going to read the will, and in comes Raymond Johnson. He, <laughs> Great. He, he's claiming that the deceased willed everything to him. And to prove it, he pulls out a sheet of paper, and it says on it, I bequeathed everything to that handsome guy, Raymond Johnson. And uh, then it went from there. <laughs> so then what happened? David Fry's manager saw you guys, and that helped you get to the Carson Oh, David, show? yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. He he managed us for a while, uh, for a couple years. Yeah, and he had David Fry. Joe Lauer was his name. Did you meet oh. David Fry? We understand. Do you know Joe a, Lauer? Pardon me? We, we, we hear stories on this show about David Fry, about oh, him David being a strange Fry. character. Yeah. Oh, I'll never forget one time I'm sitting in the improv, and I'm sitting there with a, with a girl, and David comes over and he says to the girl, Hi, I'm David Fry, comic impressionist. <laughs> that, was, that was his introduction. <laughs> I'm David Fry, comic hilarious. impressionist. He's, he's another one of those performers that we've talked about on this show who it seemed like he did not exist if he wasn't in character. Well, he was, yeah, that's right. That's right. He was very strange. Uh, person but character wise he was great and he could not go he could not go on stage and do a character unless he sat with the picture of the character he was going to do for about five minutes in the bed in the in the men's room he'd look at that picture and then he'd come out and do his so he really had to inhabit the person exactly yeah and he did you know he was really good great nixon yeah oh he everybody who imitates nixon is just doing a david fry that's right that's right that's right. And then the the, uh, the trucking company recorded an album. We recorded an album, right? Yeah, did any of these ring a bell, Bill? The Othello sketch, The Last Supper. Othello. Well, that that oh, I played a, a, a stone, a guy stoned. I did a, I did it with Carson too. I I did it on his show. I came out, uh, uh, you know, smoking a joint, and somebody says, "Hey," and I and I immediately go to the wall, put my hands up, and. Uh, he said, no, 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 what, uh, uh, who, who are you? And I said, my name is Othello. He said, uh, well, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm a paper boy. He said, paper boy? I said, yeah. He said, what, what paper? I said, zigzag. 
<laughs> said, I never heard of that paper. I said, yeah, I bet you haven't. He said, what kind of news is it? I said, it's all good news. <laughs> what about the electric chair or the first buffalo hunt? Do any of these mean anything to you? These are on the album, oh, on the H Trucking Company record. Yeah, the electric chair. Or the $3 quarterback. Bill's nodding behind you. He knows them all. <laughs> oh, he knows them all. What was that? <laughs> oh, oh now I know what that was. I play. I played this uh, very swishy guy, and uh, I couldn't put my hand under the center's uh, legs. You know, to get the ball. <laughs> I'd get carried away. You know. <laughs> Gilbert will and, go ahead, Gil. No, uh, what? No, what were you? I was going to say you'll love this. That when they did the uh, the the Mike Douglas show, uh, Bill improvised with Bobby Darren. Oh, geez. Because he wanted to. You know, I, we were doing it, and he said, hey, hey, man, could I do that? I said, yeah, come on. And it went nowhere. Oh. <laughs> right in the toilet. Right in the toilet. It makes a good story. And yes. you were a regular on the Red Fox show? Yes. Yes. Tell us yeah, a little bit was... about Red. Oh, man. Red, well, I loved Red. Red was very funny, and he was very nice to me. But... uh <clears throat> I was telling Frank the other day that Frank, he was the most irresponsible person I ever met in my life. <laughs> we get to, we get to, on Monday morning, we'd get together and for a table reading and everybody in the cast was there. And it was a big cast plus the orchestra, plus the dancers. There are probably about 30 people there. And where's Red? Red. He's not, he's not, he didn't show up. He didn't show up. So uh, the next day we come in again and he comes in and he called, well, he, he didn't come in again. He called again and he said, I can't make it, man. I said, he said, I broke my wrist. I went, oh, okay. He came in the next day with a cast on his, on his arm, on his wrist. And we, everyone's, oh, you okay? Okay. Yeah, man, I'm okay. Okay. You know. Next day he comes in, the cast is gone. <laughs> he took the cast off. Love that. There's a clip online, Gil, that I'll show you. There's a clip online with Billy and uh, Red and, and Billy Barty. Oh, oh yes. And Slappy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Sausage Billy and the Pork Chops. <laughs> That's right, the pork chops. That's right. It's Thursday night, and you know what that means, amateur night. And once again, we have our judge from the Starbucks studios in Hollywood, California. Well, uh, how are you this week, uh, Mr. Johnson? Oh, you doesn't have to call me Johnson. My name is Raymond J. Johnson, Jr. You can call me Ray, or you can call me Jay, or you can call me Johnny, or you can call me Sonny, or you can call me Junie, or you can call me Ray J. Or you can call me R.J. Or you can call me R.J.J. Or you can call me R.J.J. Jr. But you don't have to call me Johnson. I believe uh, that you asked me how I is, uh, Dr. Sausage. Well, I'll tell you how I is. But that was about 10 minutes ago I asked you that. Well, I'll tell you this time right now, I is fine. I is shape, I was ready for action, I was the pick of the litter, I was priced to move tonight. 
because tonight is the semifinals in the amateur contest here at the club. Yes, and who is this, your half-brother? Oh. No, no, this is his partner, uh, Mr. William T. Olson. Oh, well, how are you, Mr. Olson? Oh, you doesn't have to call me Olson. Well, my name is William T. Olson, and you can call me Willie. I used to love Billy Barty. You know, I'd be standing there. This was off stage. I'd be standing there talking to somebody, and Billy'd come over, and he'd, he'd just lean on my leg. <laughs> lean on my leg. Was he a nice guy? Oh, he was terrific. Yeah. yeah. Gilbert yeah, lost a part to him. Yes, I auditioned for Mel Brooks to be in Life Stinks. Oh, and, right, right. And they were, you know, giving me the whole spiel. Oh, you're great in this audition. We really want you. And then at the last second, they said, no, we're going with Billy Barney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so you work. You also work with, with, uh, with Bob Einstein on the Fox show. Oh, yeah. Who's a hilarious uh, yeah. guy. Well, we he produced here. that. Yeah, he produced that. And I know Bob for a long time. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's got his own Red Fox stories. I bet. Oh, I bet. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, he, he would know more than I would about him. Did you work with Andy Kaufman on that show? Did you guys cross no. paths? Only once, and I don't remember what it was. I did a I did a, a a benefit, I think it was, at the Improv, and uh, he and I shared a dressing room, but he didn't even talk to me. So I very strange. <laughs> That's weird. Very strange. Very strange. And and I gotta whenever I have anyone who's worked with Pat McCormick. Oh God. I. I have to ask, there's a a famous helicopter story to see if you know this one. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Oh. You know, I told Bill the helicopter story on the phone with the hookers. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. But he wasn't familiar with it. I I had never heard that. You weren't one of the lucky few that got invited. I was not. I was telling telling Frank my my favorite uh, pet story was – on the Hollywood Freeway, when you're driving toward downtown, there's the the Braille Institute, you know, the uh, the uh, for the blind, the Braille for the blind, and you pass it as you're going on the freeway. And Pat was with a friend of his one night, and they're going past the Braille Institute, and all the lights were out. And Pat says to the other guy, "Oh, they must be working late tonight." <laughs> <laughs> you you guys were in the Jerk Two pilot. The, the, yeah, he, the, yeah. Because they were, yeah. you remember this? They did. Remember Mark Blankfield? Yes, from yes. Fridays. They he, did a, they did a, they did a jerk sequel that Steve Martin produced, and everybody was in it. You and Pat were a, that, that, were a team. We're gangsters. Yeah, yeah, we were gangsters. Yeah, and that made Paul Williams very nervous because he thought, you know, because he and Pat were working a lot together. Right, right, right. So he didn't. But um, any other past stories come to mind? I, you know, no. Uh, the only one that I told you about was that I was at a New Year's Eve party at a friend's house, and uh, we were standing out in the balcony on the balcony. And Pat says to the group, "He says, anybody want to put a bet down on how far I can throw Billy Saluga over this <laughs> off the balcony? Off the balcony. <laughs> I how I, far can I throw him? I just recently got uh." A letter from former podcast guest Steve Stolier, where he said that one time Pat McCormick 
and Robert Ridgely and and went to the restaurant with Gary Owens. Uh-huh. And and at another table they saw Alfred Hitchcock. And they said to Gary Owens, Can we please go over and meet Alfred Hitchcock? And they went over and Hitchcock just kept eating. He barely paid attention. And Pat McCormick said to Alfred Hitchcock, he goes, I've loved you since I was a kid. It would mean the world to me if I could take a shit in your chili. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. I never heard that one. Uh, All three of them were kicked out of the uh, restaurant. (laughs) Did you know Bob Ridgely? We hear stories about him. We didn't know him. He was hilarious. He used to do a dirty John Wayne that was, oh, it was so funny. (laughs) We we missed out on him. Come on in here, you fucking little prick. It was hilarious. We yeah, we missed I, out on him. I heard he would go to like uh, offices where the secretary wasn't just pull his pants down. Yep, <laughs> that's it. who that was, was more it. outrageous, Ridgely or Pat? Oh it, wow, neck and neck, toss-up. huh? That's a toss-up. Yeah, you knew Gary Owens too. I yeah, I love Gary. I worked with Gary several times. Yeah, he was great. Boy, and, those... I, and Bob Ridgely and I did a commercial together too. Which one? It was for uh, uh, Suzuki motorcycles. And you were... You ever hear those? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> that's, how, that's how well the commercial went. <laughs> as long as we're bringing up the commercials, you did a lot of commercials. Yeah, I did. In the, in the Ray J character. Yeah, yes, I did. And you work with Norm Crosby on the, on the Anheuser-Busch spots? Yeah, a lot of those, yeah. Yeah, I think I did about four. I was working with Norm. He's still with us. Oh, he was great. He was great. But we we did a we did a a, a convention, but Anheuser Busch convention in San Francisco, and uh, and he said to me, Billy, he said, don't when you come out, come out fast because I don't want to be standing out there with egg on my face, you know. So he said, come on out. I said, okay, all right. So I hit the hit the stage, and the audience went crazy. I. They went crazy, and I had to walk around the stage a couple times before they quieted down, and I could come over to him. And he was worried about that uh, he was going to have egg on his face. But, uh, you know, I really almost, almost, almost lost those commercials uh, because, um, I don't know, you know, you know who Tom Shales is? Yeah, she's a, she's a yeah. Critic. critic. from TV Washington. critic. Yeah, yeah, Washington Post. Well, anyway, he came to my house to interview me. So he, we had a nice time. We had a nice interview. And then uh, he said to me, he said, you know, I was tempted to go and look in your refrigerator, see if you had any uh, Anheuser uh, uh, light, whatever it was called. And I said to him, I said, I said, look, I just tell you what to call it. I didn't say I drank it. Oh. <laughs> uh, and I, you know, I thought I was just saying it to him and he printed it. Wow. And Augie Bush oh. went crazy. Oh, he wanted to fire me on the spot, but we ironed it out. Wow. But almost lost it. Gil, Whoa. Gil, can you relate to having a difficulty with a sponsor? Hmm. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> losing a big account? No. <laughs> oh, man. 
Offhand can't think of one. Tell us about uh, the disco record, Bill, and how that came oh, together or oh, came to be. How did that come to be? Um, and it's still around. You can you can find it. Yeah, yeah. It that came about by uh, uh, I don't know. The, they wanted they just wanted to do a record with me, A and M, uh, Herb Alpert, mm-hmm. and uh, they got this guy Ron Kersey. Ron, have mercy, Kersey, who was one of the tramps, and oh. he wrote the song about the fire. You know, oh, Disco you know? Inferno. Yeah, he wrote that. <laughs> oh, jeez. Wow. And he wrote he wrote uh, uh, the Johnson this song. Yeah, it's great. I can't get enough of it. And and I heard like the Ace Trucking Company, they used to be able to write a sketch like, you know, just like immediately. Well, our, you know, that was our our act was we do we do about an hour show and we would open with uh, a, a set sketch that we had written, and then the rest of the show was totally improv, <clears throat> and not like Second City where you go backstage and you know figure it out. We just took it right from the audience, whatever they wanted. We did it right on the spot, and we were pretty good at it too. So some of it was improv, and some of it was scripted. Well, the show was mainly all improv, it- except for maybe the first and the last. Sketch. Really? We would open with a set sketch, and then we would close with a set sketch. But mm-hmm. in between, it was all improv. Mm-hmm. And, of course, what we would do is when we did the improv, uh, then uh, Michael would tape everything, and then we'd go back and, and listen to it and work it out and throw this out and add this, you know. So that's how we wrote most of the time. There's is, a Go ahead, Gil. Is there something that you, when you watch other improv groups? I can't. No, you can't. <laughs> I can't. Why is that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it just makes me nervous. Make I don't know why. Well, that's I just that's the way I feel when I watch like stand-up comics. Yeah, yeah. It, I just I can't watch it. You know, like there's that show on that everybody loves that they whatever. Oh, well, whose line is it anyway? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I and no, those guys are talented. Don't yeah. get me wrong; they're yeah. talented people. I just for some reason I can't watch it. I guess in my mind, I'm feeling like, you know, the flop sweat that's happening, going to happen. Oh, it brings you, oh, it gives, gives you flashbacks, huh? I guess. I don't know. Although yeah. I never, I never felt that on stage when we were, when we were improvising. How did the Ace Trucking Company uh, come to hook up with Tom Jones? Because Fred Willard gives you credit. Says you basically yes. talked your way onto the, onto the Tom Jones show. Me? Me personally? Yeah, I saw him do it in an interview. He says, maybe, oh. is that not true? He said Saluga just went up to them and said, "Why don't you put us on the show, on the Tom well, Jones show?" Maybe I did. I don't know. I that that came through. Uh, that came through Joe Lauer, our manager. Mm-hmm. And you did. This is Tom Jones. Remember that show, Gil? Oh yeah. Yeah, they were yeah, like we, they were the in-house uh, repertory we, company. And, we, we'd, and Tom we did two jo- seasons. Tom I'm Jones sorry. was supposed to be very funny. You said. He was a very funny guy, actually. Yeah, he was a very nice guy and uh, rolled with the punches. He was really, really fun to work with. I liked him. And then we went on the road with him, too. We, went, we, did, uh, we did Las Vegas with him, and uh, we did the Latin Casino uh, out of sight of Philadelphia. Yeah. And it had his way with the ladies, too, Tom Jones. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> did you witness anything? Well, I, I did, yeah, witness a lot. 
Not in Kentucky. Well, one one time was this one time when we were playing when we were in Vegas. Uh, our dressing room was right across from his, and our door was always open. And uh, one night, his his handlers came in with a big box, and they, it was his birthday, and they were going to present him with this birthday present. And they brought in a naked girl, and she got in the big box. So they they took. The box in with the girl, and he took it off, and you know, everyone laughed. They went crazy, and he took her in the back room and to show her his etchings, I guess. <laughs> his etchings. And uh, and what we did was, and then he was on stage by himself doing his show, and we decided we we're going to surprise him. So we got the box, and we put George, the fat guy, in it, <laughs> in his skivvies, and we took it out. To present him his birthday present, and he saw that box, and he thought, "Oh shit, they're bringing that girl out here." And we took the box off, and it was George, and he started hugging him. And, and oh, he was, was relieved. Oh, he was relieved, and yeah, and, and he and he loved it. He loved yeah. it. Yeah, and and he liked joining you on stage. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. There was another thing that we were when when we were in Philadelphia with him. Uh, it was his birthday again, and he was. Going around telling a joke about oh god what was a joke it was about somebody with and it was about animals. The guy was fucking animals all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> and the punchline was uh, something about he said they they gave him a chicken to fight. He said a chicken. I'm not you know I'm not going to do a chicken. So on his birthday we bought him a chicken. <laughs> and there, there was this big do when they had violins were playing behind the table for, for the dinner. And he he opens up the box and this chicken flies out as well over the place. That reminds me of the Ronnie Shell story. Yeah. Oh, Ronnie Ronnie Shell was on with us and he claimed that Alan Ladd used oh, to Oh uh, my god, used, yes. used this very strange story that he would <laughs> Go ahead, Gil, you yeah. tell him. According to Ronnie Shell, uh, you know, leading man Alan Lyde, uh, he was into gathering a group of women and they'd all stand around in a circle and he'd stand there in the center of the circle, naked, holding a chicken, ah. and and the women <laughs> would sing, you simply got to fuck. The chicken. <laughs> so that was before Tom's chicken. Yeah, it seems to be uh, seems to be catching. I guess. Let me do this quick, Bill. We get some uh, questions from our listeners. We call this "Grill the Guests," which people oh, do sure. on Patreon. And uh, uh, one of our listeners, Scott Stite, wants to know: Bill worked a lot with Red Fox, but did he ever walk in on him while he was relaxing? Oh. I never did, but I certainly heard those stories. Yeah. <laughs> Einstein said, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He would. Yeah. Well, he would. Yeah, he would have walked in on him. Yeah, because they, they said he would be going down on a girl. Yeah. And then they, uh, they then the person who'd walk in by accident, Red Fox would take his head out of the girl's legs and go, can a guy relax? <laughs> <laughs> That's him. Here's another That's one. <laughs> 
Barrett Letty says, I'd love to hear Bill talk a little bit about the the late uh, George Memley. We talked about George, um, who died before his time at 46. I found this online. Did Richard Pryor hit George with a with a chair? Yeah. Oh, he did? Yeah. Bill, oh, Bill, Bill is nodding. What, in what, some kind of drug stupor? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, he said the, uh, uh, George did a gay joke about Richard. And that oh, was it. really? That's what he said. How strange. And I, I heard he sued him and won. Yeah. He did? Yeah. Oh, he sued wow. Pryor and won money. Did you know that? Wow. No, he hit him with I a chair. He fractured, he fractured his skull. Oh, it wasn't about Richard. It was just a gay joke, he said. Yeah. And, how, how strange. And Richard, of all people, didn't have a sense of humor? Yeah. yeah, it's great. You remember, I can remember. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I can remember once when I was working at the door at the Bitter End, uh, Richard was there, and and we were talking, you know, we were just talking and talking, and uh, then he left. And the next day, I hear on the TV that he was supposed to be on the Ed Sullivan show. And he was standing there talking to me. He didn't. He just never showed up for the show. Wow. <laughs> Do you remember anything about working with an orangutan, Bill, on a show called Going oh, Bananas? Yeah. Oh, Going Bananas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. Uh, I, I I was partnered with uh, with uh, James Avery. I don't know if you know. Oh yeah, James Avery oh, from course. Fresh Prince. Exactly. Yeah, and we played like uh, kind of Laurel and Hart kind of characters. And uh, yeah, we did. I guess we did about eight of those. Yeah, it was a more. It was a, a kids show. It was a morning kids show. How was working with the monkey, the ape? Oh, the man. ape. <laughs> it was no. It was it was okay. There was a lot of animals on it. <laughs> a lot. You're like our our eighth or ninth guest to work with an ape. Well, I'll, I'll tell you that you, they're really strong, and and the trainer wanted me to get used to him, so he had me sit down with the with the orangutan. And the orangutan put got his you know his legs their 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 feet uh, their legs have feet on them like, and he put one on my leg and the other on the other leg and he started to stretch and I I was he was he was breaking me in half and if, and finally the trainer came over and said no 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 don't do that don't do that so that's wow wow yeah you could have been injured big time yeah. But orangutans are—they're not supposed to be that vicious, really. No, they—he was not vicious. He yeah, was just, he's just, you know, just playing. Yeah, yeah, strong. So you're, oh, so you're afraid of chimps, but you're chimps. not afraid of orangutans. Oh, yeah. chimps! Chimps yeah. scare me. Yeah, I don't like chimps either. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't like orangutans either. <laughs> So you hate any type of ape? Any, any, yeah, any, any type. Anything that'll shit on your floor. Here's some wild cards, Bill. Any any memories of working with Cher or Anne Margaret? Well, uh, the only thing I remember about Cher was uh, was we did it at the Bradbury Building in Los oh, Angeles. Oh, sure, it's a great a very building, famous building. And all I remember is sitting in the corner with her for about an hour because they were setting the cameras and that, and she was very sweet. I oh, she was? That. Yeah, very nice. And Anne margaret I don't remember too much about Anne margarets show. You did a show for Aunt, with Anne margaret and a bunch of other people. Yeah, I did, I did a special with her. I did a special with uh, Don Rickles. Yeah, what about that Rickles special, which John Wayne was on? He was? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you were in the airport, the airport sketch with with Rickles and right. and Steve Landisberg. 
Oh God, yeah. And uh, and Rip Taylor. See, I didn't remember Rip being on that show, but I'm, I'm sure you know more than I know about it. What was Rickles like to work with and spend time Rickles with? Rickles was very sweet. He was a sweet guy. You, you know, nothing like he is on stage. And you're pals with, you were pals with Anthony Newley, too. Anthony Newley. I loved Anthony. Anthony was great. Yeah, we, we did, uh, we did, uh, we did uh, uh, the uh, was it? big hall in, in Toronto. Uh, O'Keefe Center, O'Keefe Center with with Anthony, and we became very close friends, and we hung out together for a while. Guy with a great sense of humor, he you was know, great. I remember nice him in variety shows in the yeah. days when singers like Steve Lawrence and Anthony Newley and Tom Jones would do comedy. Yes, on yeah. variety shows, and yeah. Newley was funny back then. Everybody did everything. Like That's right. comedians would sing and dance, dancers would do comedy. And Anthony Newley would come out and go, there's always a joker in the pack. There's always a cardboard clown. <laughs> That's pretty good, Gil. And, and he to say, you know, he thought he, he didn't think he was talented at all. He, he would get so nervous going on stage. Really? Surprising to me, you know. Yeah, he, he dreaded it. Funny guy. And yeah. And I think Rex Harrison used to refer to Anthony Newley as that chew. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you come up with that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anthony Newley was a Jew. And <laughs> I. I, I what, we talked about that movie that Anthony Newley wrote, starred in and wrote that can, can Hieronymus. Oh, can uh, Heronius Mercy. Mercy Ma- oh, oh uh, no. Can, uh, Merkin. Can Heronius Merkin marry Mercy Humpy and, and find, find true, true happiness? happiness. Oh. Do you guys know this? Uh, no, I never, <laughs> Bill heard, Bill I never heard. No, no. <laughs> I know that he was in movies when he was a kid. He was like a yeah. teenager. He, yeah. Yeah. I think he married Joan Collins at he one did. point. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I did, yeah. And you were pals with Doc Severinsen. Well, but Doc is oh, still yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah, we hung out a lot together. You stay in touch? How's he doing? I haven't. I think he's you know, 90. I haven't heard. The only thing I heard was that, that uh, on the radio, that he was coming to town with a concert, and they said, you know, 90-year-old Doc Severinsen. I said, wow. Wow. And you worked with Flip Wilson. Yeah, I did. I did. Not, but not on his variety show. Uh, he had a show. I can't remember what the name of it was, but it was Charlie Flip. and Charlie's Company or Charlie that's and right. Company. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. And Gladys Knight was right. uh, was on it. Right. I, I did that. That was the only time I worked with Flip. You worked with everybody, Bill. I worked with a lot of people, you know. And look where I'm at now. <laughs> Tell us about Seinfeld. Tell us about showing up in the as as the uh, as the usher on Seinfeld, and then eventually you went up on Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I went up and I read for it, and uh, and they they gave it to me. I played uh, my uh, feminine character as an usher. Well, Larry knew the, who you were. Obviously, it wasn't wasn't a blind audition, right? I mean, he no, knew this, you. No, actually, you know, actually, it was. I really? mean, I came, I came in and auditioned for him, uh, with 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 uh, Jerry and everybody and and Richard or uh, all of them were in the room, 
and uh, and they gave me the part. And then I actually had auditioned for him for Curb too. And you played Richard Lewis's what cousin? His, his, his uncle. His uncle, <laughs> Lewis Lewis. Lewis Lewis. Lewis Lewis. <laughs> I, I like that connection. We had Richard on here a couple of weeks ago. Oh, he's great. You were the last relative that, if I remember this, that could donate a kidney to him. That's right. But you slipped into a coma. That's right. That's right. And I did three shows. In the first two shows, I was in a coma. I just laid there. So that was an easy job. Oh, it was great. It was great. It was great. You didn't have and to they, memorize lines or anything. Nothing. Nothing. Well, that was a great part about doing that show was that, you know, uh, Larry would sketch it out, but you didn't really have any lines. You kind of improvised over what his thoughts were for the character. So it was easy for me. Mm-hmm. And, and that what, was fun. What about playing yourself in the movie, uh, a movie I like, The Great Buck Howard, John Malkovich. Oh, wow, yeah. Movie. You played, you played Billy Saluga. I did. What was the yeah. context? The context? How'd you get it? The context was that... Geez, I don't remember. We did one scene in a, in a dressing room, and I, all I all I did was I went up to him, up to John Malkovich, and I said, "Don't, please, don't mention my character. I'm not going to do it." <laughs> that, that was it. That was it. And one of the biggest pain in the asses I ever met in show business was Gary Coleman. Oh, Gary Coleman's in that movie. Gary Coleman. He, this little prick didn't shut up <laughs> all day. He didn't shut up. He kept, and he was telling the director how to direct the scene. <laughs> and I'm standing here with Jack Carter, who's not the, you know, he's a, he's pretty tough. To wow. Too. <laughs> and, and he says to me, Jack says to me, Billy, doesn't that little prick ever shut up? And I thought, look who's talking. Look who's talking. <laughs> Did you know Jack Carter well? We, we missed out on I him did. on this show. I, I had worked with him once before that and then on this movie, and that was it. And uh, he was in bad, bad shape. We, we, uh, we were driven home together, and I, I had to help him to how I had to carry his suitcase and help him to, to the door. He was in bad shape. Yeah. Yeah, because we had him booked for we the had him show booked, and, he, and passed. he died. Oh, really? Like yeah. I'll, but I'll, tell you, I'll tell you the biggest pain in the ass. <laughs> now we're rolling. Milton Berle. Oh, Uncle Milty was a prick and a half. <laughs> uh, they, we we roasted him once. I was doing some roast from Vegas with Steinberg, and uh, on the show was uh, Dick, uh, Dick, oh, Dick, uh, no, no, uh, oh God, Dick. He was a comedian, handsome guy. Uh, Dick, Dick, Sh- Sean? Dick Sean. Dick Sean. Dick Sean. Yeah. So Dick Sean got up to roast, and he says, "You know." He said, I, I, I didn't know Milton very well, but he said, I kept hearing about how big his instrument was. He said, but, you know, he said, one day I walked into the spa at Caesar's Palace, and there was Milton. He said, I thought he was with his nephew. Now, were you ever lucky enough to see uh, Burl's penis? No, no, thank God. 
wasn't Tom Jones the guy in maybe bullshit who oh, who, I, who made the bet with him? I heard, yeah, Tom Jones and Milton Berle made a bet who had a bigger dick. Oh, really? And and <laughs> Berle started to open his pants, and when he got halfway down, uh, Tom Jones goes, "Okay, okay." <laughs> <laughs> I've seen enough. <laughs> I'm out. Why? Why didn't you? Why didn't you like Milty though? Because he had he had to be in charge of everything. Uh huh. In charge of everything. Uh, as a matter of fact, on the on the roast, I was coming out in in a dress to, to roast him, <laughs> you know. And I was coming out as as Raymond Johnson in a dress. <laughs> And he said, "Billy, I want you come. You come on uh, the day before the roast. Says, I want you to come up. We want to try on dresses." <laughs> so I had to go, and I had to try on dresses. And then he said, "You know, Billy, I want you to wear false eyelashes and ear." I said, "Milton, I'm doing a character. I'm not trying to play a woman like you." So that was that. Uh, so, but but I asked one of the writers that were doing the roast. I said. Uh, how was he? And this guy had written for uh, for um, other other big comedians. Uh, Al Jolson was one of the people he wrote for. Wow! And I said, how how was how was Milton to work for when when you worked on his show? He said, oh, he was the worst. He said he used to wear a whistle around his neck, and every time he wanted a writer, he'd blow the whistle, <laughs> and they had to come <laughs> running. <laughs> So, so that's you know. So two sons of bitches you never w- wanted to work again, w- work with yeah. again were Gary Coleman and Milton Uncle Milty. And thank God they're dead. I, <laughs> I I love the idea that Gary Coleman was. <laughs> Did you work with Gary Coleman, oh, Gil? I met him once. Uh-huh. I never worked with him. Mm-hmm. Oh man, he was a he was terrible. Anybody else you want to disparage? That's that's gone, Bill. <laughs> Well, those are those are my top two. <laughs> Actually, Jack Carter was one of my top ones, but uh, then he, you know, he he went back to three because these two guys beat him. Okay, <laughs> so you had issues with Carter. Oh, he, he was another guy. They, they never shut up. They just and loud, very loud, and not shut. Just gone on and on and on. God. <laughs> Oh, God. This is fun. But everybody else in the show business, I love. Everybody else you liked. Yeah. I loved them all. But it was those three. <laughs> oh, those three. Jack That's pretty Carter. good. That's a pretty good ratio, Bill. That's not bad. No. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> so Gary, I can't get over it. Gary <laughs> Coleman would push the director around. He didn't push him around, but he said to him, why don't you put the camera over here and, and shoot me over this way? And I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> sit there and do what you're told. <laughs> and he talked. He never shut up. He just talked and talked and talked and talked. Oh, God. Hilarious. A- any other memories? Because we kind of glossed over. You did the Douglas show with John and Yoko. Any other memories of them? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I had I just met them briefly, uh-huh. saying hello, and that was it. And then we did our thing and left. You know, that was it. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Other than, other I was, than the, I was the trying. I was trying to get him to go after Yoko the way he did Gary Coleman. But oh. He- <laughs> oh. 
I, I couldn't get him to bite. No, I, you know, I don't even know that I met her. I know I met John, but I don't remember re- meeting her. So yeah. So you didn't no really problem. talk to him or anything. No, I just we we were just introduced, and I said hi, nice to meet you. That was it. Were you on The Simpsons, Bill? Yeah. Yeah, playing yourself or playing the Ray J no, character? It was Raymond Johnson, and uh, uh, I was playing uh, uh, what's it? What's it? Mc- McLaughlin, and what's that? Where, where all the everybody goes that all the country western singers have their own. You know what I'm thinking? Oh, yeah. uh, Branson, Branson Missouri. Missouri. Yeah, one of those places. Yeah, and and I was uh, they were. Uh, I was Raymond Johnson. It was Charo. And <laughs> <laughs> Mr. And T, I think. Else. I think Mr. T. Mr. T, you're right. Yeah. And, I, and I came out and I, and I sang a song. I said, you can, call me, you can call me Ray and you can call me Jay, but don't call me something. Oh, don't call me out of work because I do three shows a day. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Yes. Any, any anything else, Gil, for this man? Oh God, I can't. I I think we've hit on just about everybody. Nobody else you want to trash, Bill? Uh, my friend that's with me here. <laughs> <laughs> tell us, tell us your friend that came that was nice enough to come down with you. My friend, he's a is notable Bill, person himself. Yeah, my friend is Bill Minken, and he was uh, he was uh, he made a record of. Uh, Senator Bobby, Bobby uh, Kennedy, uh, uh, the Wild Thing. I don't know if you remember. They Wait, a... was was this one of those where they chop in songs? No, no, no? he did, he did the impression of Bobby Kennedy yeah. singing the Wild Thing. And I then he, did. I remember this. Yeah, that's him. And well, then he also also had a radio show. He, the mother, what was it? King, King Biscuit, Biscuit Flower, Flower Hour. Hour. Sure. Well, that's famous. Yeah, and that he, was yeah, where it was like a wild thing. Will yeah, that's will, right. will Bill do a couple of minutes of it for us? A couple of seconds for for us? Oh, Is, he, can he be persuaded? He'll dance, he'll dance if you want him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could you sing Bill, a little? Bill, let's let's hear a little bit of the Well, you can you can go you can jump on on Bill's mic there so we can hear you. Oh, here we go. Here. A wild thing, uh, you make my uh, heart sing. Uh, you make everything a uh, groovy. <laughs> now I remember it. <laughs> you remember, Gil? Oh, absolutely. RFK does the trogs. <laughs> That's and fantastic. Then, then wasn't there a record of Dirksen? Oh, Everett Dirksen. That was the flip side. And what a Dirksen. The flip side. He also sang uh, Wild yeah. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also got two for the price of one. Yeah. Bill, thanks for doing that. Wild thing, uh, you make my horsey. <laughs> you remember this? I do Everett remember that. Dirks. That sounded more like Bill Buckley to me. <laughs> they used to play that on the radio all the time. Yeah. 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 Wow. And, and then Bobby Kennedy got killed, and there was his career. That <laughs> was how he was born metered. <laughs> oh, no. Did you, did you know him, Bill? Did you know Vaughn yeah, Peter? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very well. Yeah. Yeah, I knew everybody. I think you did. Tell us about yeah, Vaughn Meter before we sign, before we sign well, off. He was, uh, I, you know, there's not much to say about yeah. that I can remember. Well, here's the thing, though. Um, oh, now he's going to take over. This. No, no, Go ahead. No. Uh, what happened with Vaughn Meter 
was he used to do a stand-up as Kennedy. And he went uh, in a big place in Washington, D.C., just as that record hit. And then Kennedy said, uh, he sounds uh, more like Teddy than I do. And that that's why that record became such a huge hit. But he did weird stuff in the stand-up about Kennedy, and he was banned from the White House. And oh. I never got to meet John, John F. We got to meet Robert Kennedy. But, uh, and Teddy came in, by the way. Wow. We were there, and he, and, and he says, uh, I guess you uh, sound more like me than uh, Bob. I said, uh, that, your brother said that first, Ted. <laughs> wow. It was strange. I never he, knew he that. Banned. I never yeah, knew that. He, wow. And, and it, it pissed him off because he never got to meet uh, JFK. And then he, then he, then he, uh, he, uh, he tried to do uh, Lyndon Johnson after that. And then he ended up ended up playing the piano and singing country western yeah. songs. Right, I remember that. Oh, yeah, geez. came to a came to a bad end. The poor man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I want to throw myself out of the window. <laughs> it could be worse, Gil. You could be Gary Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was that tall. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, this was a, a hoot. Oh, it was great. Thank you. So much Appreciate fun it. going down memory lane oh and hearing these names. God, and we got a, we got a, an RFK uh, doing Wild Thing as a yeah. bonus. And a there Dirksen. <laughs> Threw it ever a Dirksen God, for you. God, does that bring back memories. <laughs> and oh, so that's it. Oh, go ahead. No, no, that's us, memory guys. guys. (laughs) That's what this show is. I mean, we started it, I told you on the phone three years ago. Yeah, well, this is great. This is great fun. I enjoyed it. You know, we want to keep all this stuff alive and keep these stories out there. And Uh, uh, God bless you. Bless you. You have come up on this show. Your name has come up on this show so many times with so many different people. And then it became a running joke. Why the hell aren't we getting Billy Saluga in here? Yes. Yes. Really? And here you are. There I am. (laughs) And you got me, full barrel. <laughs> Such power we wield. <laughs> and so I'm Gilbert Gottfried. This has been Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast with my co-host Frank Santo Padre. And um, I forget. Uh, should I call you Mr. Johnson? Oh, you doesn't have to call me Johnson. My name is Raymond J. Johnson, Jr. Now, you can call me Ray, or you can call me Jay, or you can call me Johnny, or you can call me Sonny, or you can call me Johnny, or you can call me Ray J, or you can call me RJ, or you can call me RJJ, or you can call me RJJ, Jr. But he doesn't have to call me a Johnson. (laughs) It takes me back. The great Billy Saluga. We have to, Bill, Billy, this is a, a treat for us. I have to thank Gino Salomone, who called you and set this up. We have to thank Bill, too. Bill Minkin, yes. Bill Minkin for entertaining us. And uh, this is this is just the, the reason that we created this show. Thank you so much for thinking about me. Please. Thank you, oh, Bill. Thank you, Thank Bill. you, guys. Thank you. Gilbert, nice meeting you. This was a guest. Nice meeting you. That was terrific. Call me RJ, or you can call me JJ, but you doesn't have to call me Justin.
Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast is produced by Dara Gottfried and Frank Santapadre with audio production by Frank Verderosa. Web and social media is handled by Mike McCadden, Greg Pear, and John Bradley Seals. Special audio contributions by John Beach. Special thanks to Paul Rayburn, John Murray, John Fodiatis, and Nutmeg Creative. Especially Sam Giovanco and Daniel Farrell for their assistance. 